been married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I was given a carol that I'd never heard of as part of my theme, so I had a look at it. Mary, did you know? Let's find out. Our reading today, I think, marks the beginning of the purely Christian part of our great story. We've got our spiritual roots deep in the Old Testament, firmly embedded in the history of God's chosen people. But this is a new departure. So let's unpick the story a bit. It begins with a reference to Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And this little episode with Gabriel visiting Mary is almost identical to the one where Gabriel visits Zechariah. That's Elizabeth's husband, father of John the Baptist. Now, first, let's start at the beginning. Gabriel, that tells us something. Gabriel is always involved in what the theologians call eschatological matters, the end times, the culmination of God's great promise. So the fact that it's Gabriel tells us immediately that this is important. This is vitally important. So we've got a a start. We know this is going to be important and we know it's going to be Important in the sense of belonging with God's promises for the end of time. Gabriel then goes to Nazareth in Galilee. To announce the coming of a great saviour, he goes to the backwaters of the north. The announcement for John the Baptist previously was made in the sanctuary of the temple in Jerusalem. The very centre of Jewish faith. But this one was made to an audience of one, a teenage girl, in a small town a long way away from the Jewish centre. Imagine 
that next Tuesday's vote result is going to be announced in Tickhill, just outside Doncaster. That's when my father-in-law was born. Tickhill. And you'd say, where? And that is precisely it. Where? It's an unremarkable place. Mary was unremarkable too. Well, we read the passage. Nothing is remarked about her, except that she's pledged to be married to Joseph, who is of the line of David. But we don't know anything else about her at all. This is how God works. He takes the unremarkable and makes it amazing. It's not about us. It's about him. His is the glory. And then, let's move on. Gabriel's opening words. In our Bible, it says greetings. And I thought, well, let's just have a look. And there it is. The Greek is Cairo. Nowhere else in Luke's Gospel is that Greek word translated greetings. Everywhere else it's translated rejoice. Everywhere else in Luke's Gospel, where he wants to say greetings, he uses another Greek word, aspasmos. What's our translators up to? I don't know. Gabriel arrived and said, rejoice. You have found the Lord's favour. It puts a completely different complexion upon this passage. She knows from the beginning this is good news. We know from the beginning this is good news. Oh, I think I need to turn over. Something that struck me in this dialogue that follows. Gabriel is telling Mary. He is not asking her. She is part of God's plan. She asks for more explanation. How can this be? She's not asking for proof. She's just curious. And Gabriel makes it clear that God is in this from the very beginning. From the start. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Power from on high will overshadow you. Remember when you think Holy Spirit, pneuma, the Greek, is spirit, is wind, is breath. God will breathe this new life into you. And who is this new life? We might argue that being called Son of God doesn't necessarily tell Mary that Jesus was to be divine. But it's not the only clue. The Holy One, says Gabriel, he will reign forever. His kingdom will never end. It's a bit difficult to refute, isn't it? This is more than a man. So in answer to the carol, Mary, did you know? I think the answer is yes. And she calmly accepted. Let it be to me, she said. So what's important here? 
What is important? I can see two things in this. One of them, I think, is important. But the other one is life-changing. Let's start with the virgin birth. Every time we recite the creed, we affirm this. Born of the Virgin Mary. Just how important is this notion? If you read through Paul's letters, he doesn't mention it once. He'll tell you a lot about the crucifixion. He'll tell you a lot about the resurrection. But he doesn't even mention this. Do you have a problem with the idea of the virgin birth? Does the notion of the miraculous trouble you? Are you constantly looking for an explanation? I have to tell you, if you're going to look for a rational explanation for a miracle, you can forget it. Why is it called a miracle? It's very straightforward. All you've got to do is to turn back to Genesis 18 and look at a little conversation between Abraham and God. And God says to Abraham, is anything too amazing for God? It's a rhetorical question. What sort of God do you believe in? Because that is the sort of God we have. Is anything too amazing for him? No. Nothing. Don't worry about whether this miracle was possible. Think about who God is and know that it is. I think the notion of God breathing new life, his own new life, into Mary's womb in this miraculous fashion simply emphasises that this was to be the Son of God, fully divine, fully human. But don't forget the story. He is also the son of Joseph, of the line of David. And you stop and think. Sonship through adoption is a central theme of Christianity. We are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. We kneel next to him. I like to think with my arm round his waist and his arm over my shoulder and we pray together, our Father, his and mine. Mine by adoption. Paul talks of us Christians being a foreign twig grafted into the olive tree of the chosen people. That's the nature of the adoption. We become part of the family. Joseph, yes, all the fatherly things. So here we have Jesus, son of God, and Jesus, son of Joseph. So, is the virgin birth a problem? I think not. Because I said there were two things. One is remarkable, the other is life-changing, and the other is this. Not that this was a virgin birth, but that God chose 
to live a mortal life on earth. He chose to journey through the land of the shadow of death. That's the land where we live. We all know we are going to die. I imagine virtually all of us have experienced the death of somebody we love. It shadows over our lives. We live in the land of the shadow of death. God doesn't live there. It's not part of his existence. But he chose to share it. He chose to come and to live with the knowledge and the fear of death and suffering as we do. He chose to do that. He chose the cross. He chose the nails. He chose the agony. He shared our weakness. He shared our suffering. But he overcame both. So we can stop our scepticism about miracles. That just gets in the way. There is one simple choice there. That agonising choice that Jesus made to become the Christ. And it is more astounding than any miracle you will find anywhere in the Bible. That one thing that God chose to walk our walk, to suffer our sufferings, to live in the shadow of death and to die. That is the miracle that gives us life. God was in this from the beginning. He will be there at the end. He will be in the centre of it. He is the one constant in our changing lives. You look through the history of creation and there is the one constant. And yet, that constant one chose to become variable, chose to become one of us, to suffer and to die. And why? To draw us back to himself, the Holy One. You know, Gabriel got it right. It's not greetings, it's rejoice. And that's where we finish. <laughs>